0: It is good to see each of you here this morning. I have a couple of notes at the top here that I wanted to uh, take care of before I get into the message, and I'm not sure which way to do them, but uh, Pat, welcome. Steve and Lydia and Stephanie and Jonathan and Joseph, welcome. Um, And I thought, you know... Yeah, we're welcoming them as members of the church. But Samantha, Joshua, Sylvia, Sharon, welcome to you too. Susan, I'm sorry. I have Susan written down here. Your big sister Sharon's not here. I know that. So thank you and uh, welcome. Probably... This might not be news to anybody, but I thought, well, maybe I'll give you an update on daddy. Um, because some of you maybe are not in the loop enough to find out. Um, he had a, well, the biopsy revealed it was it is cancer. Um, the cancer doctor was met with on Wednesday. And the report is that The type of cancer it is, chemo is not an option. The size of the tumor it is, radiation is not an option. There are a couple of drugs that the doctor could prescribe, but he said there's major side effects. And at this point, daddy is not planning to do any um, intervention procedures. Um, Doctor said you're Earthly time is likely very short. Get your affairs in order. So that's a little bit where we are. Uh, You can continue to pray for us. Just about called Brother John last night. Because in getting ready for this morning, I came across an old message that I preached, I think, in West Virginia on the Holy Kiss. And I thought, well, you know, that's one focus we have with our communion. And I thought, well, I'm still not going there. I'll leave that up to John if he wants to mention that. Um, but this morning, you all have each given your expression of peace. So the title is, You Are Called. care to you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and one of the reasons I went this way is I'm reading through the life of the kings in 2 Chronicles and I was impressed at how quickly some of those kings that were listed as good kings forsook the God that brought them victory and put their trust in the gods that they of the people that they defeated, and it pretty much said it word for word of one of those kings. But we're called this morning, and a little bit further down in I'll, you know, you're 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 unique in your call in the fact that you accepted that call. So. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I'll pick up a couple of these first verses a little later on, but verse 2 talks about those at Corinth that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ. So I take that to be you and I this morning as we have answered that call. Verse nine says, "God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ, our Lord." And then he goes into a little conflict that was there, and I don't want to focus on that conflict, but uh, he said, "You got a little problem." Um, put it in today's language. Uh, Some of you might say, well, I follow John, or I follow Keith, or I follow JP. That was a little bit the problem that they had in there. I'm not going to focus on that. I want to start in verse 17 of chapter 1. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of non-effect. For the preaching of the cross, or the message of the cross, is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. I'll stop there just a little bit. So, the focus of our service today is on the sacrifice at the cross. The preaching, the message of the cross, is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Verse 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. But the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence." But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So this morning, if you want any glory, put it there. You have nothing to glory in except what Christ has done for you. I'm going to save it to the end, but I think I'll read it now. came across a illustration from D.L. Moody that goes along with this line. Part of it has to do with trust, and part of it has to do with communion. But he writes this, Every child knows what it is to trust, but the important matter is who to trust. The most restless people are those who trust in themselves, who are always thinking about themselves. It is not what I am to God, but what God is to me. Many go to the communion table to remember themselves, to think over and mourn over their sins. We ought to go there to remember Christ. When I want to get lifted up, I forget myself, and think about God. Love must have an object. Let the soul be stayed upon God, and it will have perfect peace. And you have expressed peace with God, and so I assume that you fit in that category. That you are at peace with God, and so you can focus on Christ. You don't have to worry about the hindrances of to that relationship with Christ this morning. Verse 26. I thought about another happening in Scripture in the early church. It says, For we see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. You remember the account when Peter and John were there? And it says... When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. It don't make sense. They're not very smart in the things of this world. But it says they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They had an encounter with Christ and it changed their life. I want to refer a little bit to the Accounts of the two kings, and you don't need to turn to this. Asa was listed as a king that followed God. But in his later life, there was a little problem. Verse uh 2 Chronicles 16:7 says this: At that time Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God. Therefore, the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubum, Lubum not a huge army with their many chariots, with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet, because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. So Hannah and I said, Asa, when you relied on God, you defeated. And I didn't go back and look at the numbers, but there was a vast Deficiency in Asa's army as it related to these other armies. He said, when you relied on God, he brought you victory. But he said, because you have uh, relied on the king of Syria, then victory is not yours. And then he goes on and says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly, therefore from now on you shall have wars. So he told Asa, because you relied on others, I'm going to uh, let them uh, continue to haunt you. Then we have Amaziah in chapter 25. It says this, Now it was so after Amaziah came from the slaughter of the Edomites, that he brought the gods of the people of Seir, set them up to be his gods, and bowed down before them and burned incense to them. So here was kings that he defeated. Here was people that he defeated. But he brought their gods that couldn't save them, and he brought them and set them up and bowed down and burned incense to them. Verse 15, Therefore the anger of the Lord was aroused against Amaziah, And he sent him a prophet and said to him, Why have you sought the gods of the people which could not rescue their own people from your hand? God said, You're relying on gods that couldn't deliver these people over here. You could have relied on me because I brought you victory over those. Verse 16, So it was as he talked with him that the king said to him, have we made you the king's counselor? Cease. Why should you be killed? Then the prophet ceased and said, "I know that God has determined to destroy you because you have done this and have not heeded my advice." So the king not only took these gods and bowed down to them, the gods that couldn't bring deliverance to other people, but he also told God's prophet, "Be quiet. I don't want to hear your message." And this was also a king that started out right. We're called this morning. Paul in writing to Ephesians says that as a prisoner of the Lord, he beseech, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. In Jude, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. So what have you been called to this morning? And I have a short list here, and you can add a bunch more to it, I'm sure. There are some things you've been called to. There are some things you've been called from. And I think just, if not all of them, I think they're all. Things that we've been called to. Um, And you could probably find just as big a list of things we've been called from. This morning you and I have been called to be sons and daughters of Christ, of God, through Jesus Christ. I wanted to make sure I didn't have a, a, a book or a chapter written down here, and I wanted to make sure I got to the right. Uh, still not sure. I uh, think I deleted something that I didn't want. It's verses 24, 25, and 26. Um, don't have the, the chapter, the book, and the chapter. Uh, even us whom he called, not to the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles, as he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people, and her beloved who was not My, de- my not beloved. And it shall come to pass, in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they shall, there they shall be called sons of the living God. Morning, we're blessed as people who are not Jews to be called children of God. Died, case it might okay. Uh, thank you. I'll, I'll write that down. I know I had it in there at one point, but uh, and the computer didn't delete it without me hitting. Backspace or something like that. 1 Peter 2, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. This morning we can be children of God. We're called to be children of God. 1 John 3, behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. John 1, 12, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Romans 8, verse 14 and following, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. And yes, I know that verse isn't finished. Not minimizing that, but that's not the focus that I want to focus on this morning. You're led by the Spirit of God this morning. The Scripture says you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You've been adopted into God's family. Is your spirit bearing witness with God's Spirit? That you're a child of His. Verse 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You're heirs this morning. With Christ. And I thought it was interesting. In that time frame, the eldest son received the double portion. We have joint heirship with Christ this morning. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. 1 John 3 He's called us To be sons and daughters of his. He's called us into fellowship of Christ. Verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 1. God is faithful by whom ye were called. Into the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord. He's called us into communion with Christ. And yes we're celebrating communion. But we can have a daily communion with Christ. Because of this calling. He's called us to be saints. And I know I used to shy away from that thing of being called a saint. But to use some improper English, I was told one time either you're a saint or you ain't. You're one or the other. There's no in-between ground. He's called us to be saints. First Corinthians 1 verse 2. And to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. With all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. This morning you and I have been called to be saints. and And as you have answered that call, you are a saint. Not because of what you did, but because of the acceptance that you... didn't even say it right. Because you accepted... What we're celebrating this morning in that sacrifice of Christ. Romans 1 verse 7. Paul says those that are beloved of God called to be saints. Anyone consecrated to a holy life is a saint. Next one, you're called to holiness. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. 1 Timothy 1, Who hath saved us, and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. This is just just the way my mind works sometimes. Um, Josiah said a couple times this morning that that there, uh, when he went through that last supper and that Passover, that he was getting ready to face the toughest time of his life. And I'm not going to dispute that. But he would fought this battle from day one. This was set before the foundation of the world. And yes, in my mind's thinking, that would have been the most difficult. You're looking death in the face. But he was looking death in the face from the foundation of the world. Which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. 1 Peter 1.15 But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. God calls us to holiness. God calls us to rest. Even in the difficult times of life, we can go to God and rest. I maybe should have said this in the beginning when I was talking about daddy. But in talking to him this morning, he said, I can lay down and sleep. He said, I can rest good. And he said, that's a blessing. And I say, it certainly is. But when we come to God, he calls us to rest. He calls us to rest through yoking with him. Matthew 11:28 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So how do we rest when we're in a yoke? I want to tell you one thing. If you're yoked with me, I probably won't, maybe can't pull my share of your load, okay? We're yoked with Christ our yoke's going to be easy to bear because we're yoked with him and he's going to pull more than his share. For I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yoked with Christ, there is rest and a light, easy burden. Yes, I do have one that we're called from. Called out of darkness. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, a special people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness. We've been called out of darkness. Ephesians 4.22. That ye put off. Concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Called out of those dark lives, that dark lifestyle. You're called into his marvelous light. And yes, you probably caught that. I stopped in the middle of a verse again. We're called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Ephesians 5.8, ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk that way. Walk as children of light. Ephesians 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man which, after God, is created in righteousness and true holiness. We've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light through the gift of Christ that we focus on again this morning. We're called into his grace. Now, Apostle Paul in Galatians 1 put it in a negative, stand, a negative connotation. He said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. And my mind went back again to those two kings that I referred to. So quickly they, they, they left the life of victory. Went into a life of bondage by putting their trust and their confidence in something other than God. And it didn't work. It doesn't work today either. God has called us according to His purpose. Yes, we benefit from that call. But the call is not about me. The call is not about you. The call is about God for His purposes. Verse um, Romans 8, 28, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. All things work together for good for those that are called by God, those that have answered that call of God. Under God's providence, all things, even sorrows, trials, persecutions, work together for blessing. To those that love God, to those that are called according to His purpose. Somebody put it this way the called. These have been called by the gospel and they have accepted the call. Many others are called, Jews and Gentiles, but those but only those who hear and obey are chosen. Paul uses the term of the latter class, those that are hear and obey. The evidence that we are the called is that we love God. Our love for God, is a demonstration that we are called, that we have answered that call. We are called to His eternal glory. 1 Timothy 6, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called, and have confessed the good profession before many witnesses. 1 Peter 5.10 The God of all grace who hath called us into His eternal glory by Christ Jesus. We've been called to eternal glory. Yes, we're called according to His purpose. We're called to His marvelous light. All for His glory. Paul in Ephesians four. And I started out with this verse. I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. This morning, we've been called. And we fit that category if we have answered that call. And every one of you indicated that you have answered that call. And that things are clear between you and God and your fellow man and your fellow Christians. So you've been called to all these things that I mentioned this morning. And you've been called to the things that you have on your list that I didn't mention this morning. Because you could probably have a list that's just as long as mine and maybe even longer. Reflect on God this morning and what he has called us to and the provision he has made for us through Christ. Let's have a song, please.